0: Welcome back, everybody, to the 69th episode of How You're Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Oh, my goodness, COVID-19 keeps dragging on and on. Any moms out there feeling restless? Oh, my God, I, I am so restless. So just today, I've talked to several moms in my private practice who are asking me, like, how do we do this COVID-19 thing? And many of you are helping your teens finish up online school and you're hoping for some relief, but then we are faced with another daunting question. What are we going to do with our teens during the summer? Camps and vacations have been canceled and you're looking at a blank slate with bored teens while many of you are trying to keep your full-time career going. I know moms, you are exhausted and that's why I'm bringing you another amazing guest who is an expert on well-being. Megan McNeely has devoted her career to helping others reach their highest potential in their personal and professional lives. As an award-winning 22-plus-year Senior Vice President and Wealth Management Advisor at one of the largest financial firms in the world, she specializes in working with senior corporate executives and has become known as the CEO Whisperer. I love that. Megan is simultaneously an impact entrepreneur Entrepreneur and a prominent well being thought leader who founded Well Being Drives Success, a multifaceted platform designed to serve those in our workforce who strive for exceptional wellness and extraordinary success. Megan is the author of Reinvent the Wheel How Top Leaders Leverage Well Being for Success. And that is an amazing book, I have to say. Her book was featured on the top 20 must-reads of 2019 in Forbes and was awarded a silver medal by the Axiom Book Awards. During the stressful time of the COVID-19 pandemic, Megan has been one of the most sought-after speakers in the United States on how to rise in this moment by prioritizing well-being. A guest on six high-profile podcasts in the last two months, plus this one. She thought it would be a wonderful way to serve an audience eager for uplifting advice. Megan is a single mom with two teen daughters, so she is our person. So welcome, Megan. Thank
1: you so much. I am so excited to serve this audience today, and I absolutely adore you, Colleen, so (laughs) this is double the fun.
0: Yes, so Megan is a great friend of mine and we have walked through life together. I knew her before her book came out and I just couldn't be prouder of her. I mean, this is an amazing book. So, so let me just start off. We're going to go for sure go into the COVID-19 thing, but let's just start off with can you tell us why you got it you started getting interested in well-being?
1: Yes, I was seven years into my career. You mentioned that I work for a financial services firm. And like many of your listeners, I try my best at everything. And during my career rise, stress and striving crushed my health. And it was behind the scenes, I was breaking down um, health-wise. I was gathering award after award at work. I was getting... um, title after title, added to my business cards. But behind the scenes, the first disease I was diagnosed with was rheumatoid arthritis. The second, two years later, was uh, chronic kidney disease. And the third was kidney cancer. And to say that those, that trio, that horrifying trio caught my attention would be an understatement. It caused me to start a hero's journey to turn around my health.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about that in your book and that's, it's just intense. I mean, knowing you now, I just can't imagine that you went through something like that. It's hard to believe. You know, I speak
1: um, or I was speaking before the crisis (laughs) happened um, for audiences and I have rarely ever met anyone in any of my audiences that was sicker than I was. I mean, I really was, if if your listeners could picture a car broken down on the side of the road, um, a single mom Uh, Two girls, Um, you know, when I was first diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, the girls were very small, two and four at the time. um, The first disease when I got divorced from their dad in 2010, which was my worst health storm. I mean, you know, those bad days are kind of cascading. Um, The girls were six and eight at the time, and I was literally broken down on the side of the road, and I felt like I had to get out and push my own car and just fast forward, I no longer suffer from any of those diseases. And so I hope just that one fact gives your listeners, anyone who's suffering from any sort of health crisis, a little bit of hope that um, things can turn around, things can get better.
0: Oh, it's, it's so encouraging. Like, because you're so dynamic, you're so healthy. I can't even imagine you in that, that place.
1: Yes, body, mind, and spirit was the, the approach I took to turn everything around. I go through it in my book, and if people are like, How'd you do that? Uh, very intensely. Um, you know, chapter by chapter, I have 18 spokes on a wheel I created to heal myself back then. And there's six spokes for body, and they're basically actions that anyone could do. They're like widely Um, agreed upon things like get enough sleep. I mean, these aren't things that are debated, uh, essentially. Um, There's six things for mind and there's six things for your spirit. And um, that combination of all 18 were what turned my entire health around. But what I didn't understand and I didn't have appreciation for back then is not only would I actually heal my health issues, but I actually became so much more successful I mean, at first, I thought that my health project was going to take down my career. Right. I actually thought it would take me, it would be hard for me to be a great mom while I was attacking my health project. I thought it'd be hard for me to be great at work while I was doing my health project. And the opposite happened. One of the greatest discoveries of my whole life is I learned that well-being drives success. And that's why I named my little entrepreneur venture that because I don't think... I I didn't even think about like if I attended to my well-being, I'd be a better mom. Or if I attended to my well-being, I'd be better at work. I mean, that wasn't even something I knew was true.
0: Yeah. I I thought it was the opposite. Yeah, I love how you started in the the beginning. I guess your introduction, like you asked them a question, like, do you want to do well or, or or be well?
1: Right. We all have been taught in our culture that um there it's you have to do well first it, you know and especially in financial services where i work we have this thing like you just have to get through the first 5 years even as moms you know we tell each yeah. other you just got to get through the first 2 years i mean you're not right. going to have any sleep and <laughs> there's these you know things that we tell ourselves that there's going to be some sort of proverbial hump that you're going to get over and then it'll be easier and um you know what i found is that the opposite is true if if i believe that you can do well and be well and in fact be leveraging you can leverage what well, you can leverage sorry i'm so excited i can barely talk <laughs> you can leverage well-being actually use it as a tool to promote success at home and at the office
0: yeah 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 that's a huge theme in my work also because that competition in mothering is huge Because you want your kids to do well, you know, absolutely. And you want you want to do well, and you want your kids to do well. And so, um, so I have to refocus moms about Mm -hmm. no, this exact same thing you're saying is it's about mom's well being, it's about the teens' well being, and that's how we do well. Exactly. So it's a collective effort.
1: Yes. Right, and it's that core foundational thing that must be addressed. Yes. You know, I like to say you can, you know, if, if you're not taking care of yourself behind the scenes, there's no way excellence can be happening. Something will break down. Would yes. you, I mean, would you agree at some level? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Emotionally and or physically? Yeah, yeah. And so in, in my work, what, what breaks down is the relationship. And, and so there's a lot of drama.
1: Hmm.
0: So that's, that's what, what I see is, is the drama that takes a toll on everyone in the family, mm-hmm. but okay, let's go back to you. So, um, one of the things I do have to say about your book is, um, well, I, I'd like, I'd like you to tell them how you stra- structured the chapters. But I love it. And so, one thing I'm going to say is, you might think, oh, well, it's just a you know a chapter on sleep, but you load it up with amazing research add amazing practical information that can take something like, well, I know I'm supposed to sleep, but you make it really, really interesting. Um, And then like, so tell them a little bit how you structure it. And then each chapter.
1: Thank you, Colleen. Uh, One of the things that I love is a good story. I was trained as a writer and majored in creative writing, as a matter of fact. And then something that you and I share in common is that we're both Irish. And so we love a good story, (laughs) right? And it's the best way to teach people. So the beginning of every chapter, I have a story about where I was back when I was sick and how I got myself in that place. And just a real story um, that I think a lot of moms can appreciate about, uh, you know, no holds barred, um, about what I was doing back then to create such a scene for myself, such a perfect storm. And then what I do is um, talk about how I changed and what impact it had on my life personally and professionally. And then what I did is I found a senior executive, a CEO, a founder, someone just astonishing uh, that, that embodies that uh, practice really, really well because I thought, you know, I'm somebody that is very, probably, quite relatable in the sense that, you know, I, you can definitely see the arc of my transformation. I was down in the dumps, and then now I embody what I would consider vibrant well-being. But I wanted to show somebody who's actually someone even busier than me. So, for instance, I um, interviewed for the um, diet chapter, eating a plant-based diet. I interviewed John Mackey, the founder of Whole Foods. For the focus chapter, I interviewed Robin Denholm, also an incredible mom, who is the chairman of the board of Tesla, and so I have all of these amazing executives in there who are actually beacons of excellence in whatever one of these 18 action steps um, there are. And I think that they provide us some incredible inspiration. I mean, we all need a good story, right? That's what we remember.
0: Yeah. And, and the stories of those top executives are like so fascinating. I just love those.
1: Yes. they And people love to, to share um, about them. I wanted to you know, learn a little bit about what they're doing behind the scenes to show up with so much power. That's been one of the focuses of my research is how do people use well-being behind the scenes to show up with power? So yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, to me, that's my obsession.
0: Yeah. And I like your little saying, not little saying, it's a huge saying, like well-being equals wealth being. Yes. Can you talk about that?
1: Yes. So I manage money for people for a living. But as you all know, um, wealth comes in many forms. When we talk about wealth, it could be wealth of your spirit. It could be um, happiness. It could be passion. It could be excitement about your life. I think those are the things that really matter to me in addition to having financial resources. Um, And so what I found, though, is that people who really embody well-being have a much easier path to manifesting wealth. So because they are well, they function phenomenally, their body is high performing, their mind is razor sharp, and their spirit is lifted. Those people are hard to beat, whether yeah. you're at home being a mom trying to handle a crisis, or if you're at work leading a team. And so that's what I mean by well-being equals wealth. being is that one equals the other. We don't often think of that. We think, because we're taught, that well-being comes second. Really, success will come first, and then once you have the success, then you'll have the time and money to deal with your well-being, Uh, because you've already nailed success. But the problem is sometimes that's too late. And then you end up like me with an actual serious chronic illness because you drove your body into the ground and you have burnout. So yeah, yeah,
0: that is anti-burnout to say the least. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is so important. So I wonder how have you been changed by writing that book and interviewing all those executives? Well,
1: I'm more and more focused on what I can do to be the best I can be. And I believe I, I named the book Reinvent the Wheel. Um because I believe that um, well-being can it, it can be defined. Um before I didn't even know what well-being was. If you had asked me back then what well-being was, I put a said what most people say when I talk about well-being to them, they would say, Oh, I should probably do three things. I should eat better, sleep better, and uh exercise. But the truth is, is, well-being is multifaceted. And it's not that you need to do all 18 of my things. Ear readers can look on com if they're like, what is she talking about? There's a free wheel there. You can just take a photo of it on your phone and, and take a peek at what those different spokes are. They're super handy because you could just pick, you know, I try to pick one or two a day and try and work on it um, just to kind of get more aware of um how i can bring well-being into my life because i i want to be the best i can be and i also didn't realize something really important i didn't realize that well-being is the greatest asset we have and that mm. kind of ties back to the well-being equals wealth being i used to think um oh my gosh i used to think money was the most important asset or love um or you know if you had asked me what is the most important asset But you can't have money. You can't have love. You can't have any of those things if you don't have well-being. So I learned this lesson when I was in the cancer ward at UCSF, and I was looking out the window. I told you I love stories. I was looking out the window at the view, and I was all by myself up there. And that day, when I was looking out the window, I couldn't enjoy my dog, my backyard. My kids had to be picked up by somebody else from school that day. I couldn't look at my garden. I couldn't look at my well-managed portfolios. And all I was was just looking out the window at the view. And I thought to myself, if I ever heal from this, if I ever figure this out, I will devote the rest of my life to serving. Mm. I will give back. That's one of the reasons I'm here on this call today, because this is a way for me to do that. I really feel the need to spread that message that well-being is the most valuable asset you have. And believe Mm. it or not, well-being drives success. So it's like a win-win, who knew? (laughs) The rest of us were like burning out thinking we're (laughs) heroes. Oops, that was a mistake.
0: (laughs) That is so powerful. That's so good. It's so encouraging. And so, I mean, one one of the thoughts just listening to you is Just even hearing you talk and that enthusiasm, I mean, a lot of those things I've, I've I've had the privilege of looking at that and reading your book is those are things we actually can do even now in COVID. Like there's so many things we can't do. Like we can't travel. We can't do this. We can't like there's so many ways that like we all feel like we're handcuffed. But there are many things on that wheel we can do.
1: Literally everything on the wheel you could do. Everything there's now actually, it's well-being is more important than ever. It is you're exactly right. It is the thing you have control of, and uh, I'm not the only person out there talking about that. I mean, any of the people I reference in my book, everybody's like now. If there were ever, in my personal opinion, if there were ever a time to treat yourself like a, uh, you know, Olympic athlete, it would be now, because yeah. the time is calling. Forth the best we have. Yes. So would this be the time to stay up all night binging Netflix? Would this be the time to be drinking too much? Would this be the time to be stressed out and angry and lashing out at your kids? Would this be the time to do that? No, that it would be the time to be the best you could be, although it's really hard. I mean, I'm struggling. We're all struggling with it because it's something none of us have ever experienced before. Right. But we, right. Do know, we do know what well-being is and what well-being looks like. And there's so many things that we can do. I'm drinking my green tea while I talk to you. <laughs> I just, right before I needed a snack, I had a raw food bar. I mean, I could have easily picked up a cookie if we had any in the house. But I'm trying very <laughs> hard with like little, little things, little mini things. These are not things that take extra time. Yes, yes. It's just I you know try to fill my cupboard with things that would actually make me better, not worse. Yes. So
0: when I, when COVID started, you know, what, what I, I've talked to, to moms about is it's like a time of it was like a time of acute stress. And so I think that's when a lot of people reached for binging Netflix, eating crap food, staying up too late, not exercising, you know, being on the sofa. But now we are in a chronic phase of stress. And so I've been trying, you know, speaking to to moms about how to gently get back on track. And so that is definitely one of the reasons I brought you on because like this, we need your message right now. We definitely need your message.
1: (laughs) I have three ideas.
0: Okay, tell me.
1: Yes. So when COVID hit, I thought, well, you know what? I have 18 executives, founders, super busy people. I think every single one, almost every single one of them was a parent. I thought, well, you know what I'll do? I'll call them up and find out what they're doing during COVID because I admired them so much for just mastering these different aspects of well-being. I'm dying to know what they're up to. And there were three things that every single one of them was doing. Number one was protecting the asset. This is my phrase. I well, because I manage money. I <laughs> usually talk about it, man. But protect the asset, meaning protect your well-being. So, I my message is for every one of the listeners to consider your ass. The greatest asset you have is your well-being. Think of it uh, as a mom. You know, if you go down, the whole ship's going down because right. of how much you do and how much you are valued and how much leadership you provide in your family. And everybody's looking to you. And so I think people can relate to that. You, if you, pr- you have to protect that. And so everyone who's on the call, though, has a customized way that they could protect that. They know what they need to do. You know, I, I, I'm not a doctor. But a lot of us, um, what I started to do personally, I need my sleep. I started to go to bed at 9. Now, my, I have a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old, as you know. And my 16-year-old goes to bed after me. But I make sure, just to make sure I keep the house safe, I'm a very light sleeper. Literally, I would jump up if like, you know, (laughs) a tiny movement happened. I um, set my burglar alarm before I go to sleep so I can make sure, you know, everybody's in the house, nobody's leaving now, Um, even though I'm in bed. I tell them, too, I don't tell them I'm sleeping. I say I'm meditating in there. Uh, because then they think I'm still up, but I'm, I'm in there with the like low lights on. Yeah. I tell them I'm meditating, which is, I you know, I don't sit up and meditate. I meditate. I'm actually sleeping. And so that's one thing, you know, I think that we know for me, that helps me. It's almost like a little superpower. And I think also healthy snacks. That's really easy. I just have those, you know, um, delivered to the front door, you know, with Instacart. Yeah. Um, that doesn't cost me any more. You know, I know people are very cost conscious right now. That doesn't cost me any more than what I would normally be doing. I normally would go to the store and buy snacks. So I make sure I have all that here. Um, and so, um, what people are doing is protecting the asset in different ways that all the executives I talk to, uh, doubling, almost doubling down on that. Um, it's raining here in California today. I noticed my daughters are not doing any exercise. Um, and this is dragging on now. Like it was okay that they weren't doing exercise for the first two weeks where we're all kind of scrambling. But I was thinking this week, you know, um, you guys have to come out and walk with me. And, um, and I, they also, they both of them just throw a fit. They don't like it. They put on their shoes and we walk and we started doing that at the very beginning. And, um, I wouldn't call it really exercise, but it's been, you know, we kind of walk the dog. And at the end of it, they're like, you know, it felt good to get in the sun or get some fresh air. So I'm really encouraging them. And I explain why, like, I don't just say, cause I said, so I got that all the time when I was a kid. Um, And what I say instead is because it's good for your well-being and your mental well-being to get, number one, a little vitamin D on your skin and also just to get some fresh air. Plus, now we're standing and we've been in front of our computers and it's like, you know, our body is straight. So I'm trying to be a good leader for them, um, protect the asset. Um, The second thing a lot of executives are doing is thinking about how to be of service, Um, whether it's in the community, in their family, Um, you know, I know a lot of moms went from like all hands on deck. It's an absolute freaking nutsy crisis to like, how can I actually make this doable for the next three months? You know, a lot of us, especially here in California are faced with quite a long extended, um, shelter in place. And so I think a lot of us are thinking about what to do through the summer, you know, with our kids, um, for service? Would that be doing something with the community? Would it, I don't know if we we can't go outside, but is there something I can teach the girls about the oceans or maybe we watch documentaries? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking through that. I haven't figured that out. Do you have any thoughts around that? Like just being, a more giving person I don't do you know what I'm saying Colleen like in the business it's easy because you were thinking about how to provide service during this time if you're a business owner that's what a lot of the executives were doing but in their family do you have any thoughts well
0: um I mean even I think service can be even from uh it starts inside of us yeah which it starts with empathy Mm. I like that you know, um, like, what's it like? It's hard for me, but it's even harder for, you know, um, some people who, um, who have parents who've lost their jobs and, you know, that they are used to going to school to have their lunches. And um, it's hard, you know, it's just increasing empathy for others is, I think, starting place for um, service. Right. I love that. Actually, that's just so well said.
1: Beautiful. The third yeah. thing that I wanted to offer that I learned from my executives in the book is that they are trying to create small joy. <laughs> and I yeah, use that that's... word, little small joys, and I've been um, talking a lot about that on Instagram and Facebook Um, For instance, in my house, it doesn't feel like the time for large joy, like where we would throw a huge party because (laughs) who has anybody to come? Um, But we're supposed to be just with each other here. But I was telling the girls that we need to brainstorm some ideas for small joy. And we were thinking about what would be, you know, like when people fly, they oftentimes, you know, my executives will buy a carbon offset, you know, to offset the, Climate issue that they've created by flying a plane. Um, however, I was wondering what is the stress offset of this. And the girls and I were brainstorming the other day, and we came up: what is the opposite, you know, of a very stressful pandemic um, where we're all stuck together at home and you know, I, you know, not able to really leave and go explore. And we thought well, you know, and what would be something we could do? And we, we came up with the idea of watching musicals that have a movie version. And as funny as it sounds, a musical is when, you know, it's, it's a movie version of whether it's Hello Dolly or Bye Bye Birdie or Rent, where in the middle of a line, they break into song. Sometimes there's a <laughs> kick line. I mean, it's it's so not reality. It's Wonderful and an incredible escape. So we watch a different musical every night. And I daughter, love that. I my love daughter, that. Madeline, I know it's ridiculous. It's so much fun. We're watching Carousel this week and a few Gene Kelly movies. Um, but the uh, I have it on my Instagram if anybody wants to see the current list for the week. But um, I think that everybody who's listening has to think to themselves, what is my offset? What is something small that I could do that would bring a small amount of joy? I I was sitting in my backyard watching The Hummingbirds for 10 minutes the other day, and that made me feel better. And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. But maybe even with our teens, we have to ask them, what is your offset? Um, My daughters really like shows. I mean, they're watching series things right now one of them is watching like the vampire diaries and the other one's watching something (laughs) else I I have to get my act together and watch these as well so I know what's going on (laughs) but um but you know what is something and I I mean when I say this to them I mean uplifting yes not not dark yeah you know so I have to qualify that like what would bring you a little bit of joy would it be learning something or maybe not learning something would it be playing with the dog yes uh-huh. Something like that. Uh-huh. Do you have any thoughts uh-huh. about small joys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I had several thoughts while you were talking, but um, yeah, it, I, I would kind of frame that a little bit differently, but I love small joys. Actually love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also kind of what, what's going to raise your mood a little bit. Mm what are some things you could do that would raise your mood? Like, you know, like if I do that, I'm going to feel a little bit better. So I, um, I play guitar, but I haven't played that much lately. And so I have figured out if um, I grab my guitar at the end of the night and I start playing, I feel better. If I take a walk in the morning, I feel better. If I meditate, I feel better. So I've, I've made a list of 20 things I can do that will make me feel better.
1: Oh my gosh. Will you share that with us? Maybe when, you know, you (laughs) release this podcast, that would be amazing. I would
0: love to see what you have on there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like you said, it's the little things and it's, it is joy. Another thing that I have shared, uh, shared with my moms today who are, who are literally, like I said in the intro, like, like. Okay, well, how are we going to do this? Like, what are we going to do? And I think for these moms, and you and I were kind of chatting before we started, is this isn't going to, we don't know when this is going to end. We just keep looking for the time it's going to end. And so when we start thinking about when is this going to end and what's going to happen in the fall and what's going to happen and what's going to happen, and that that's not, joy no it's not it's stress it's joy and it's bringing that mood down really quickly for sure so so what I tell them this is this is kind of like you're saying with your little joys is I said, we more than ever have to just literally do it day by day
1: because the day that.
0: because today isn't bad I mean today was great I walked uh I saw this woodpecker in my tree Um, was listening to the different birds I've been talking to great people I'm getting to talk to you I talked to my daughter several times today this has been a good day you know yes and if we do that if we and there were a lot of there was a lot of joy in today because I was just being present Mm -hmm. to laughing with my daughter about ridiculous things on the phone Um, you know those talking to you being present we haven't Seen each other in a while and talked in a while, just being present. And I was—I also told some moms it's kind of like we're doing old school. Like old school was like we'd hang out more, you know, and you'd just kind of hang out. It—it um, it was a little bit slower.
1: It—it it certainly was, and I think many of us. You—you um, you know, I certainly know from. My experience of lack of well-being um, during that time, I, you know, was just a go, go, go person. And a lot of us A-type personalities um, are stunned by the <laughs> new normal. I was interviewed for um, Women's World Magazine last week, and they asked me a question. It was uh, an article on A-type personalities during lockdown,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, which is a challenge. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, okay. Um, I'm thinking I haven't... I need to do more. And actually I started getting, you know, frustrated. I talked to several people on the phone. They're like, what are you doing? And I I was responding that I'm trying to be more, Mm. trying to just be, present. I love what you just said about how you were going through your day, noticing what's going by. You know, many of us have driven somewhere when we were actually allowed to drive and we get to the destination. We're like, gosh, I was so spaced out during that drive, I didn't even really notice I was driving. I, you know, obviously we're all good at driving. Um, but I love the idea of noticing things as they go by having appreciation for them and keeping your headlights just, you know, for what you can see, it's pretty foggy out there. In other words, we can see what's in front of us, you know, and, and accepting the beauty of what the truth is that you were saying, your daughter's on her way here. She's safe and sound, you know yeah. we are healthy today I you know I have a friend who wakes up every day and says, "Thank God I'm healthy again you know yeah um, you know and and there certainly are a lot of sick people in 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 our country, and so you know I, I send my love and um, condolences and and thoughts out to them and simultaneously try to be thankful of the blessings I have
0: you know? yeah so why you you're talking about these little joys and what I'm talking about for moms in terms of raising up our mood and yes. being present, why that's not only so incredibly important for ourselves, but we are modeling something for our teens and they're they're, so. lo- they're, they're looking to us. And mm-hmm. if they see that we're kind of goofing off and joking around, we're, we're letting them know it's going to be Okay.
1: Exactly. And it's okay to smile, you know, um, it's okay. Even if um, you decide that you're going to indulge yourself and watch the news for an hour, you know, it's okay to shut the computer and bring your best self to that dinner that you have with your family where, um, you know, each one of the moms on this um, who are listening, they know what their gift is. Mm -hmm. Like my gift is vibrancy.
0: Yes, I'm just is. a
1: vibrant person. Yes, uh, you are. If, yes, I just am. I'm like very. <laughs> but there's some moms on this call that their gift is calm. Some moms, their gift is like oodles of love. They just like mm-hmm. love people. You know, they love their kids. They're uh, everybody's got their own gift. And what I'm thinking that would be probably super um, to give people permission is to amplify that right now. You know, for me, I'm amplifying my vibrancy a little bit. I'm being a little bit more vibrant just to counteract the stress that the girls are feeling because they're Mm -hmm. thinking to themselves, I believe, you know, my mom is exactly the same. You know, you throw anything at her, there she is. Look at her. Uh But in order to keep that vibrancy vibrancy up, honest to God, I have to go to bed early. Like there are certain well-being strategies behind the scenes that I have to do or I cannot be vibrant. I'm absolutely grumpy. If I don't eat well, I'm so nasty in my heart. I'm like, like I'm hangry. And so I think there's things, you know, for each person to ask himself, what is my superpower in this moment? Am I going to be optimistic? Am I going to, you know, be solid, you know, or, and and what do I need to, let's back up for a second. What do I need to do behind the scenes to show up like that with that kind of power? Yeah. Yeah. do a little bit extra because this is hard. Let's be honest. This is terribly
0: hard. Oh my gosh. Oh
1: my yes. goodness. You it's know, It's
0: like incredibly hard.
1: I thought the group desk that I created for my girls and me during the remodel when my house <laughs> flooded last year was such a great idea. And I'm sitting at it right now. And I see on this side is my daughter's chair and the other side is the other daughter's chair. And we all three are here <laughs> all day. <laughs> All day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a wonderful idea back when I decided we were all going to be so close, you know, and now we're here all day
0: together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So we're definitely, this is a good point. We're definitely not saying like, this is easy. Just be all positive no. and be all healthy. We're saying because it's probably one of the hardest things you're going to ever go through and challenges. That's why we have to do this. And I think I love, I know, uh, yes, I'm loving everything you're saying. And I think it's really important for moms to know what that baseline of well-being is. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, I know if I don't don't walk 10,000 steps a day, it's not good. If I don't get sleep, it's not good. If I don't have prayer and meditation, it's not good. See, that's so, perfect that you know
1: that. That's very, very critical information. Yeah. And I love that you own it and that you're honest with yourself. Some of us are martyrs. I used yeah. to be, and I wouldn't have admitted that I needed those things. Yes, And they're different for everyone. So I think that's a great exercise. What do you, the question is, what do you need to do to be your best And then what do you need to do to be your best during a very stressful time? (laughs) Yes. Layer on that extra, you know, okay, um, I normally need to be in bed at nine, but I may have to go to bed 15 minutes early just to like deep
0: breathe. Yes. (laughs) I could talk to you actually forever, but we probably need to wrap this up. So do you have any other tips any other wisdom you have for us before we kind of close wrap this up well
1: I a lot of people ask me I don't even know how to determine if my well-being is good or not or where I'm at and I made a free assessment for everybody and it's meganmcneely.com slash assessment it's absolutely free and what's so neat about it is that you get the wheel and then it gives you a sense of where you're strong and where you could use a boost and awesome. so I Completely um, would recommend people check that out. Also, I convinced my publishers to make my um, ebook on all platforms $1.99 right now. I really wanted to serve the well-being of the, you know, communities um, right now, especially because people are really strapped for cash. I had someone who wanted to buy my book and $10 was too much. So I went to my publisher and asked them if they could make it $1.99 until I, you know, tell them not to. And they said they would be happy to. So uh, there is that as well. I also, if somebody has a specific question or wants to communicate, just write me on my personal email. It's Megan at MeganMcNeely.com. I love stories. I love hearing what people are doing. I've got so many conversations going and I'm on LinkedIn and all the major platforms. You can definitely write me on LinkedIn as well. Can you spell Megan McNeely so they can for sure find you? Sure. It's M-E-G-A-N. McNeely, M-C-N-E-A-L-Y, and it's MeganMcNeely.com. Yes, this has been amazing being on this with you, Colleen. You're such a phenomenal leader, such an amazing author, and well, thank this you. is an absolute honor. You're such a leader in this field, and we all need you at this time.
0: Well, thank you, Megan. I I knew you were the right person to come on today, and um, I'm encouraged, so I know these moms are going to be encouraged. So and I would definitely say your gift is vibrancy. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I hope people can hear it through the microphone. I'm here for everybody. It's just, um, it's time to rise. It's okay. It's possible to rise even in a pandemic. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, everybody, this concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenO'Grady.com that has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack, it's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best selling and award winning book, Dial Down the Drama. Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly e-zine. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama.